to say good morning, greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here with you this morning. The title of the message this morning is God's Plan for Fallen Man. And it kind of goes right along with our Sunday school lesson. And so, um, what got me thinking about this message is a couple weeks ago, we were in a hospital room when uh, John, with John and Judy, and when John took his last breath. And the first time my wife and I had, had been there for Uh, had, had, had witnessed that, where someone passed from this life to eternity. And I've been pondering that event ever since. Um, you know what, um, the last few weeks. And all of us are someday going to find ourselves taking that last breath. And we're going to so quickly go from this life to eternity. All of us, if, unless the Lord comes back for us, uh, we're going to be, we're going to all be in that in that spot at some point, where we're going to be taking our last breath. As we stood around his bedside that evening, you know, I was thinking, what would he say if he could say one more thing? We don't, we didn't know if he could hear us or or if he could, if he knew what we were saying. But what would he say if he could say one more thing? To us, and I'm pretty sure I knew John well enough that he'd be encouraging us to remain faithful until the, until the Lord calls us home. That's uh, that's who he was, and and also uh, the day before, I had the privilege of having a pretty long conversation with him, and and he was speaking about the Lord, and so you know, as I got to thinking about that, how many people die each day. And I looked up the numbers again. I've done this before, but in the U.S. alone, there's nearly 8,000 people that die each day. And so that's 8,000 people that pass from this life to eternity just in the U.S. As far as the world, rec- the, world the records for the world uh, death rate, there's 166,000 324 deaths per day. So, do, do the math, it's 6,930 per hour, 116 per minute, and 1.93 per second is the current rate of death right now, so far in, in 2023. And so, at that rate, if I preach for 30 minutes this morning, there's going to be 3,474 souls that have exchanged life for eternity. Just in this morning, while I'm preaching this message this morning. And sadly, there's many that will not be prepared to meet God. And so, what, if anything, can you and I do about this? It seems kind of help. Uh, it seems like, like it's kind of hopeless, doesn't it? So many people in the world, so many that are not prepared to die, and yet they're passing from this life to eternity. 
So the Bible gives us a very clear plan of salvation. We talked about that this morning. And if you meet someone who wants to know how to be saved, are you ready to share this plan with them? What if you meet someone, what if you have the chance to meet someone who's on their deathbed and they want desperately to know the plan of salvation? Can you share it with them? That, can I share it with them? That's what I was asking myself. What if I, I, I believe John was prepared to die. He was, he was so this was a different, different situation. But uh, what if I were to meet someone who's not prepared to die? Would I be able to, would I be able to help them through God's word share the gospel with them in that last moment when the most desperate moment so this morning I'm going to look at God's word for some verses that outline the plan of salvation and you know we talked about this morning quite a bit uh, the new birth and all that and, and it sounds sometimes it sounds complicated but really the plan of salvation is very simple God has made the plan of salvation simple enough that even a child can understand it. It's, it's any, any uh, I believe it doesn't, it's not based on our education. We don't need to be highly educated to understand the plan of salvation. It's a very simple plan. And so I'm going to start out with a few verses. Uh, let's start out with Romans 3.23. The first point is all have sinned. I think that's uh, the first thing we need to re realize is all have sinned. We talked about that this morning in Sunday school as well. There's, we, we're going over a lot of these points. But everyone by nature is a sinner. And Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's kind of, that doesn't leave any room for it's everyone. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because everyone has sinned, everyone needs a Savior. I remember handing out tracts in Philadelphia. We used to do that quite a bit when I lived in Pennsylvania. And it happened numerous times where someone would stop and talk to you for a few minutes, and then I would ask them, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, or are you a Christian, or whatever I would ask him, however. And, and many times, I couldn't believe, uh, I, there's many times people would just say, I'm all right. Now, I don't know if they had Christ in their heart or not. I don't know that. They didn't tell me that. But if they didn't have Christ in their heart, if they weren't a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, they were not all right. If you and I don't know Christ, don't have Christ in our heart this morning, we're not all right. We need a Savior. All of us are in need of a Savior. 1 John 1 1.8 1 John 1, eight. says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Here again, if we 
claim we don't have sin in our life, we, we deceive ourselves. And it's easy to think that. It's easy to, it's easy to start comparing our life among those in the world around us, and we say, well, I'm not really that bad of a person. I haven't really done anything that wrong. And that's what you'll find many people in the world grapple with. Uh, many people that haven't accepted Christ will grapple with that. Well, I'm not really a bad person. I haven't killed anyone. I don't intend to kill anyone. I, haven't, um, I don't steal. And so, really, I'm okay. I'm all right. But we are deceived if we say we have no sin. All of us have come short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. In uh, James 2, 8 to 10, it says, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law, as transgressors, or commissioned the law as transgressors, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offended one point, he is guilty of all. And so here again we see if we fail in just one point, we're guilty of, of the whole law, of uh, offending. Uh, if we offended one point, we're guilty of all. And so all of us have sinned, and so we are all in need of a Savior. So I believe the first step in becoming a Christian or leading someone else to Christ is to acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We all are sinners in need of a Savior. Second point is there's a penalty for sin. Romans, I have a lot of verses here. If you don't, I have most of them written down, so if you don't want to uh, follow along, uh, that's fine. But Romans 6, verse 23. These are very familiar verses, nothing new this morning at all. Um, Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you look at that word wages, the wages of sin is death. When we work for something or we work for someone we're paid for what we do it's called wages and so we earn those wages we've earned that money so when we sin we've also earned wages and the wages of sin are death and so we've earned because of our sin we've earned death that's the way I take that So as we read in the, uh, as I explained in the first point, we're all, uh, all of us are sinners, and so we've all earned the wages of death, right? We all have sinned, and so we've all earned those wages. And so we're all guilty, we're all condemned to death. John 3.18, um, we stopped, I think, at 17 in our Sunday school lesson this morning, but John 3.18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know, because of our sin, all of us are, con are condemned to die. And so... 
What can we do about this great debt? The third point I have is you cannot save yourself. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Not by works of righteousness. There's no works that can ever save us. We can do all the good deeds that we, we, we could do good deeds for the rest of our life and we'll never pay for even one sin. We can never do enough of good to outweigh the bad or even of one sin. I want to read a verse in, a few verses in Isaiah 59 that talks about what sin does. Isaiah 59, verses 1 to 3, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. And then you could go on, there's a lot more things in that chapter, but I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter. But, you know, just even a lie is a sin, and that separates us from God. You know, when we're convicted of a sin, even after we become a Christian, we're convicted of a sin, we've said a lie or whatever, we need to confess that. We need to, we need to make that right again and and uh and we can we can be saved but but uh we can be forgiven but even one even one lie let's say i haven't uh haven't accepted christ and i think well i'm not really a bad person but even one lie as it talks there and and your iniquities have separated between you and your god and all your sins have hid his face from you that's why we need a savior Verse uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, were it not willing that any should perish, that we should come, but that we should all come, but that all, but that all should come to repentance. That is, thankfully, uh, thankfully the end of the, the book didn't end with that we're all sinners and we're condemned to death. There is a plan and God loved us enough that he made a way for each one of us to be saved. And he wants, he says, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I really believe that that is God's will for us. God wants all of us to be saved. So the fourth step I have, uh, fourth point is salvation has been provided. Few verses, uh, John fourteen six says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. It's that simple. There's no other way. We have we have uh, we talked about that in Sunday school quite a bit this morning as well. But there is no other way. We have we have Jesus Christ and belief in Him. There's no other way that we can we can be saved. 
Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace ye are saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not, that, not of works, lest any man should boast. Here again, it's not of ourselves, but it's a gift of God. And that is the wonderful part of this plan that God gave us, is it's a gift. It's a free gift. He's provided everything for us, and we simply need to accept the plan that he has put in place. We, accept it. we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we can be saved. It's a free gift that is accessible to anyone who believes. No matter who we are, where we're from, what we've done, um, we, have, we all have that gift available to us. Jesus came to this earth and willingly gave his life at that cruel cross of Calvary so that you and I can live. He did that for you. He did it for me. And that's great news for anyone that's feeling condemned because of the sin in their life. And, you know, sometimes through different events in, in life, or, or you, may, you may end up meeting someone who is feeling condemned, and they may ask you the question, what must I do to be saved? What do I need to do to be saved? And, and so uh, these are, you know, there is a way made for everyone. John 3.18, again, it says, He that believeth not on him is, he that believeth not on him is not, he that believeth on him is not condemned. We don't have to be, we don't need to feel condemned. Um, if we've got Christ in our life, then the, he takes that condemnation away from us. <clears throat> now, there's some conditions uh, necessary for salvation. And uh, the fifth point I have is the conditions are simple. The first one is repent. Luke 13, 3. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. So we need to repent. Repentance is simply a deep sorrow for what we've done, being sorry for the sin that I've committed against God. And repenting of it is putting that away and starting a new path, walking away from that sin. The second thing is confess. First John one nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive, all, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Those are wonderful words for all of us this morning. We simply need to confess our sins and he will forgive us. Romans 10, 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. That's, that's the plan of salvation. The third thing is to believe. 
Um, but Acts 16 uh, verse talks about uh, Paul and Silas when they were in prison. And there was a great earthquake, and you all know the story how the guard realized that the doors were all open, and he assumed the, the prisoners had all escaped, and he was ready to take his own life. And verse 28 in, in Acts 16 says, But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in, and he and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's the same message that the world needs to hear today. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The sixth point, sixth point I have is now is the time for a decision. You know, all of us have a choice to make. We all need to decide if we're going to believe or if we're not going to believe. If we're going to trust Jesus, if we're not going to trust Jesus. That's, all of us need to decide for ourselves. No one can make that decision for us. I talked to a man years ago, uh, back when I was a teenager, and I'll remember, never forget him uh, telling me this, that... Um, Somehow he was asking me, I guess, I don't know what conversation, what conversation led to this, but I remember him telling me, well, I have, my grandparents and parents, you know, were really good church-going people, and so I've got a, a lot of good stock here or whatever, and, and uh, you know, it's pretty easy for us to, again, but it doesn't matter what our parents did, good or bad, the, the, what our parents have done has no bearing, may, might, have a, might, have a, uh, might, might make a difference in who we are today, but they cannot determine our salvation. They cannot determine our destiny uh, for eternity. That, they, cannot, uh, they cannot do that. And so if we've had good parents and we've had good grandparents and all that, uh, there's nobody, friends, no one else can make that decision. Every one of us needs to personally come to that decision ourselves that I want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua 24, 15 is a very familiar verse, but it says, If it seem evil to you, unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Those are, that's what we all need to do. We need to decide who we're going to serve. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in the time, in a time accepted in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And I printed that out in the NIV just because I, it says, in the, in the time of my favor I heard you. In the day... And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is a time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of my favor. God has given us this moment today. Every one of us has this moment today to choose. As long as we still are alive, we still have breath. We, have that, we, have, we are able to make the choice right now. And now is God, 
the time that God has given us. So that is simply the simple plan of salvation. Is to believe that we're sinners, we need to repent, we need to uh, confess, we need to believe, yeah, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I found some, an article when I was studying for this, and it, it says next steps. And so if someone's on their deathbed and they're, they only have a few moments to live, um, and if the Lord gives them a clear enough mind to make a decision to, to, to repent... At that moment, they still can be saved. I, I, it's a very dangerous thing to think that we'd have the opportunity to do that, but if you can help someone find the Lord, uh, show them the path to, to belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, they can be saved right there. And I believe that's all that's, that's, all that's required. However, for many of us, we have time to keep on... Um, we, we, we repent, we... we choose the Lord as our Savior, and then maybe we get a lot of years to live. And so I thought this, this, this says, uh, yeah, this, I found these next steps after becoming saved, and I thought they, 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 were, they were good. And so the first step is publicly confess your faith by being baptized. And so that is something that we're asked to do is to be baptized. Even uh, Jesus was baptized, and so... It says, uh, yeah, Luke 3.21, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and, pr and praying, the heavens opened. We see that Jesus also was baptized. And then in Romans 6, verse 4, also in the NIV, it says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of of the Father, we too may live a new life. Just as we were buried with him, and just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, Ernie preached a message at, our, at Geneva here a few Sundays ago about the resurrection and how, you know, that resurrection means, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what gives us all the hope of, re of resurrecting again. That's, um, we all can have the the same assurance of, of a resurrection again. Okay, the second step that this, this uh, article said was to join a church which teaches the Bible. It says, where you can grow in your faith through prayer, Bible study, and fellowship with other Christians. Get involved in Sunday school, Bible study, and encouragement for encouragement and accountability. And I think that's important. Join a church which teaches the Bible. And there's a lot of things that we, we uh, take for granted. But it's good to be a part of a, of, a, of a church. And a church is simply a group of believers that have decided to worship, in a, uh, to, to worship together and have decided on maybe a, um, a, a, a way of life that, that fits. Um, I talked to a man this week that that told me that um, he, he knows Anabaptist people that, that, have, that have told him that church is their salvation. And we talked about that this morning. Church does not bring salvation. We can, we can 
be a part of a church and not be saved. And so um, we cannot believe, church cannot take the place of, of Christ. But the Bible does tell us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together until I come. And I think Jesus knew that we need each other. We need, we need each other to, to, to encourage each other. And it's a blessing to be a part of a church and not only be a part of it, but be a support for the church that you have chosen. And I explained to this man this week that I'm Mennonite because I've chosen to be a Mennonite. Uh, it's not like I, you know, I have decided that this is a way of life that I want from my family and I. It's not that I needed to, I, I, there was a decision I made personally. Um, and so we are volunteer, we, volu we voluntarily become part of a church group. And so I think the important thing is find a church, ex explain to someone, if you, if you help someone find um, on their path to, the, to finding salvation, a good thing is to encourage them to find a church. It doesn't have to be your church. It doesn't have to be a Mennonite church. Find a church, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into their, uh, encourage them to read and find the Holy Spirit, uh, let, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into their life. But, um, you know, getting involved is good for all of us. Being involved in a church group is good for every one of us. Uh, we might not always enjoy it. We may not enjoy teaching Sunday school. You may not enjoy uh, some of the things. But it's, I think all of us that... Would say that it's good for us. It helps us to grow. Okay, the next step was to begin a daily personal worship experience with God where you study the Bible and pray. Begin a daily personal worship experience with God. That's the walk that Anthony was talking about this morning. Walking. Walking, and it's a journey. It's a journey that we're on. And it's a continuation. It's not just this one time experience and then it's a continuation it's a continual work and allow God to, to not only um, allow God to speak to you through your through reading the Bible through prayer we can talk to God and allow God to talk to you the next step is share with others what Jesus has done for you and that's simply telling him, tell others your story. You know, we all have a story. All of us, uh, maybe not some big, bold. Uh, some of us have grown up in Christian homes and have been spared from a lot of things that the world uh, isn't spared from. And so I believe we all should be thankful. If you've had that privilege, we should be thankful for that. Um, We've been spared from some things. But wherever we come from, we all were headed to the same place without Christ. We're no better than anyone else because of where we were, of how we were raised, or uh, we're all headed for an eternity without God if we do not, if we don't choose Christ as our Savior. Romans 10 14 says, How then? Shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear 
without a preacher. So how can they, how can they call on him if they, um, in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? So it's our responsibility to tell people so that they have heard. That's our responsibility. We're called to, we're called to tell them about Jesus, and whether they choose to believe that then that, that becomes each person's individual choice. And then we have the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That's telling us to go all over and uh, wherever we are and spreading the word of God. And then the next step ahead on this list was to begin, begin to live for God. Um, verse, uh, Romans, or, uh, yeah, Romans, let me just turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. James 1, 19 to 27. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not righteousness, the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be ye, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion, religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God the, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You know, when we're born again, there's going to be a change in our life. There's going to be a change in the way we live our life. And hopefully the way we live our life is going to be a testimony to the world around us that there is another way. And that may be the very reason that someone prompts to ask you of how to be saved. Um, but it says to, to be, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, we can hear... Many people have heard, but really, we need to be doers of the word. 
we need to be doing, we need to be living for the Lord. And, um, and I believe we can, we can share that with the world around us. There's a story that I came across, and I know this is a familiar story, but it just made me think about this, of all these people that are in the world that are, that are dying today and every day. And what can we do about it? And, and this story just made me think of, of uh, it says an, an old man was walking on the beach one morning and after a storm, and in the distance he could see uh, someone was on the was on the on the beach there, and as he got closer, he saw this young man was picking up these starfish, and he was throwing them into the ocean. And as he kept, he watched this this boy for a little while. He said, uh, he asked him, "Why are you doing this?" And he said, "Well, the storm washed these starfish up, and it won't be long, and the sun's going to come up, and they're going to be, they're going to die from the sun's going to going to dry them out, and they're going to die." And the, the man said, well, there's thousands of them. Um, and the, you cannot, he said, you, you cannot possibly make a difference. And he took another starfish and he threw them in the ocean. And he said, what well, made a difference for that one? And so, you know, this morning, you and I can't save the, we, none of us, we can't save the world. We can't even save a single person. The Lord Jesus Christ only can save people. But we have the responsibility to tell the world about Jesus and we can tell one person at a time and maybe maybe there'll be one person that might find uh, because of what you've told that person because of where you've led that person in the scriptures maybe one person will find their way into an eternity with God and that's worth it all um, there's a song that I remember singing when we were in school, and it's, it's, it goes like, um, it says, Must I go an empty-handed? Must, uh, it was a man that was on his deathbed, and I believe, I, I, I remember reading the story, but um, he says, Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I go an empty-handed? He was regretting his life that he had spent not telling people about the Lord, and I guess I don't want any of us to be on our deathbed wishing that we would have done more. And we probably all might wish that. It's, uh, might always think there's more that could have been done, and there probably is. But let's try to make a difference, even if it's only one person, one person at a time. Let's try to tell the world about Jesus uh, when we get opportunity. I think that's what Jesus has called us as individuals to do. And that's it's a simple plan of salvation and I think um, that's what we need to remember when we're when we're sharing the gospel with someone is let's not overcomplicate salvation it is simple and all of us all of us need it are in need of a savior let's let's uh, kneel as we pray